Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. Good morning to you all, and uh, yet not to add to the words of Phil and Al on the video, but uh, just to really encourage you, even what we're going to be speaking about this morning, we would love for you to pray about this. To our family in Lurgan, we want to be part of this, of this is part of our story, and so we'd love you to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to, to lead you uh, around this, and on the 7th of March, yeah, we'll, we'll do that together. As Phil has led in the announcements, just with regards to even Alpha coming up this week, listen, there's so much to be praying about uh, as, as the church, we'd love to be praying and welcoming in in faith that people would come to a saving relationship with Jesus Christ, and please be inviting people to that. One, one story just to share on that just as we, as we start in this morning. Um, and as we look ahead to, to this week and people who will, will come and be part of Alpha, um, man, many of you might be aware, but I'd, I'd never heard about it until about a year ago when some of our friends in church had started engaging with um, an online provision. It was called HelloFresh. You might have used it before. Uh, and with HelloFresh, what they do is they provide really good recipes and they give you the exact amount of fresh food that you need for these certain meals. I would do most of the cooking in our house, so this was right up my street. And Laura, my wife, she had um, seen an offer, an introductory offer for this HelloFresh. And so she was really excited, you know, about lots of new meals for us to be able to potentially try. And so she placed an order with HelloFresh. She told me the order was coming on Thursday. It was going to be delivered, and so we were looking out for it. I was on the phone with her on Thursday when the delivery man arrived. And when I was on the phone with her, I said, oh, the man's here. And she said, oh, well, that'll be the order for HelloFresh. I thought, brilliant, really good. And uh, so I, I got the box. We put it in the fridge, uh, just ready for, for that coming weekend when we were planning to start using them. Uh, that day, there was just lots of meetings Lots of different things that were happening. We didn't get to really think about the HelloFresh order. Uh, and then the next day at home on the Friday, homeschooling the kids, got after lunch and all those sort of things. Laura said to me, she said, have, uh, have you opened the, the box yet to see what, what recipes exactly we're doing? And I said, no, I haven't. So got it out of the fridge, really excited to see what goods are we going to be eating tonight. I opened the box and there, right in front of me, were 40 really, really cold, really chilled Alpha manuals. This was the, the manuals that had been delivered for Alpha, for the upcoming Alpha. I thought it was our ingredients. They went into our fridge for a good couple of days. And so uh, if you are going to be doing Alpha this week with us, you'll be getting a manual as well that perhaps smells a little bit of our food contents from our fridge. We would really love you to be praying for Alpha. Listen, let's believe in faith that God will do exciting and great things. Thankfully, our food did come about two weeks later, and we got trying that as well. I'm going to pick up from where Phil uh, so beautifully led us in last week in an introduction to this new course on prayer. Uh, we are going to be doing this for the guts of 16 weeks, and it is our hope and our prayer that through this we would all experience a freshness and a freedom in this essential area in our lives and in our walk with Jesus. Uh, we are doing this in tandem with our life groups, and so the reality is what we're planning to do. We're going to be doing two weeks, two weeks of teaching on each of the specific aspects and topics of prayer that we learn from the Lord's Prayer, and sandwiched in the middle of it, our life groups are going to be unpacking it further. So this week past, they did that in life groups. 
They're going to be going through this, the, the 24-7 prayer course. It's just an amazing, amazing resource to use with this. What the groups are doing is they're just watching a very short video for around 15 minutes. And then they are discussing everything that we're teaching here on Sunday mornings and getting to unpack that together. They, this week's focused around these words, Lord, teach us to pray. This is where we started and led off last week. And on Wednesday night, as I was sitting, starting to prepare even for today, off the back of all the life groups finishing, my phone started the ping started to go crazy, just all the life group leaders starting to feed back. Many of the thoughts that were coming out of the groups, people were saying just there was, people were really filled with enthusiasm and desire just around this topic of prayer. Many great questions that were coming off it, which I'm going to be reflecting on uh, even this morning. And do you know what? Even with, with much to do with the, the passion and the enthusiasm and the energy that there seemed to be even this week, I would just love to say to you again, listen, if you're not engaged in some sense of small accountable relationship in your life, we really need to encourage you to please consider this. Phil's already said, we don't know how long everything's going to go on for. Even this week, reflecting on it, the reality is because of some really good legitimate reasons. There are many people who haven't been able to engage, actually even coming to church, even for what well, it must be almost the guts of a year now, where we're getting close to that. It's hard to believe this year has flown in. Uh, and so the question I just would love to ask us is, what do you want the next part of the journey to be for you? What do you want the next part and steps in the journey to be for you? We don't want this just to be something where we just wait till we get out the other side. We don't know how long that's going to be. We need to make wise choices right now. What would you like it to be for you? And we would just love to invite you to be part of this with us. And so please be in touch with us with us regarding that. Yeah, so the groups got to talk and engage around prayer this week, which was a beautiful thing being able to do. And even as part of our community rhythms within church, you know, we've been doing this this year right across the board. One of the rhythms which we've been encouraging you to do is to set your phone alarm for 12 o'clock every day. And at 12 o'clock, we would, wherever you're at, we would stop, we would pause, and together we would simply pray the words of the Lord's Prayer. We would pray these together. The, the essence and nature about what the Lord's Prayer actually teaches us, they can either be really familiar words, which we repeat, and listen, we're really excited we're able to do that together each day. We pray that you've been able to engage with it, you're finding life in that. But the reality is, is that even these words that Jesus teaches us, they teach us about the depth, and he's almost unfolding the vastness about everything that prayer can lead us into. And we're going to be going into that over the coming weeks. Phil referenced this last week. These are some of the different areas specifically we're going to be looking at over the next week. So adoration, petition, intercession, unanswered prayer, contemplation, listening, and spiritual warfare. These are some of the, the, the different aspects and the different ways in which we can engage with prayer, which we're really excited to journey into. For, for people who were in life groups this week, what I'd ask the life group leaders to do is to feedback to me some of the questions, some of the thoughts, some of the areas of struggle specifically that seem to be coming up around prayer. And this, you'll see on your screen, were many of the questions, were many of the different thoughts that people were feeling or sensing even around this area of prayer. This is what people were saying. Some people were saying, listen, that prayer was just something that they do when things are going wrong. For others, when they reflected in prayer, they said that they had a difficulty in praying in front of others or in groups. For others, they said that when it came to prayer, distraction was a massive issue. Some of the questions that people were asking about prayers, they said this, why pray if God has already predetermined the future? 
Some people questioned, does God hear the prayers of unbelievers? Other people were expressing just their desire and their heart, just that they wanted to be able to teach their children how to pray. And the reality is, when we come into many of these areas, listen, we're, we're not going to answer all those questions today. Uh, we just, we're going to just take just a short time this morning just to reflect. This. We're going to, over the next number of weeks, press into many of these questions and many more. But the first one that was noticed about this, and noted down here, and Phil referenced this last week, many people almost just see the prayer as something to do when things go wrong. I love this quote from Corey Ten Boom, and she said this, Is prayer your steering wheel or your spare tire? Is prayer your steering wheel or your spare tire? Is it the thing that directs us and leads us, that it's at the forefront of everything we do? Or is it the thing we just lift out of the boot when things go wrong and everything's got really difficult that we bring out almost to try and get things fixed? Prayer can be one of two ways. And today when we come in just to look at the Lord's Prayer, at the very beginning of this, what I just want to simply just allow us to see is the context and the nature of where the Lord's Prayer is actually positioned within Scripture. Twice we read in the Gospels where Jesus actually teaches these really famous words. One is going to be in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6, and the other one is in Luke's Gospel, chapter 11. And the context in which Jesus shared these well-known words are important for us to see as they come out of a place perhaps similar to what many people expressed in life groups and perhaps many of what you would face and what I myself would face as we come to prayer. Both Matthew and Luke, what we see though is that they have differing introductions to these well-known words of Jesus. They both almost seem to come from different places. It doesn't mean that they contradict each other, but what it allows us to see when we set them side by side, it allows us to explore the fullness of everything that Jesus was speaking into. Jesus was saying something specific about this. In Matthew's account, some of the things you'll see on your screen with this that Jesus speaks into, we see that Jesus comes at this as part of a narrative in which Jesus is addressing hypocrisy of simply doing religious or righteous deeds to be seen by or to impress others. Jesus goes right at it. This narrative in Matthew chapter 6, it's set as part of um, the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus is unfolding some of his greatest teachings. But here Jesus goes right at it. He's addressing hypocrisy around doing religious or righteous deeds to be seen or to impress others. And some of the things that Jesus references in this, again on your screens, is to do with this. Uh, firstly, to do with helping or giving gifts to the poor. And then secondly, around the area of prayer. Now listen to this. Jesus is not talking down those things. Jesus is all about those things. We see it in the life of Jesus about how to help and to give to the poor. It was something he was big about. And prayer is a massive part of his life. He's not talking those down. But Jesus goes right at the heart of this when it's done out of a place of hypocrisy to impress other people. There was a massive issue with that. In Luke's account, what we see was this. Luke's account in, in Luke chapter 11, comes out of a place where the disciples simply ask this question, Lord, teach us to pray. But the reality is, when we, even when we say that, those words, that isn't the fullness of everything actually that the disciples were asking. When you read the fullness of those words, they don't just simply say, Lord, teach us to pray. They actually say this, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples to pray. Lord, teach us to pray just like them. Just like John taught his disciples to pray. Would you teach us to pray, Rabbi? And see the essence and heart for the ask from the disciples was stemming out of this one thing. And this key word that you see on your screens right now, comparison. 
Comparison was deep within the heart of the disciples. The disciples had been raised in a culture where the scribes and the Pharisees were heralded for their amazing prayers. The grandeur of their words, perhaps you know many people that are like that. They were being set up as the chief prayers, the ones who could just do it the best. They were the ones that everyone wanted to aspire to be like. And the disciples just didn't have now the religious leaders to compare themselves to. Almost at a peer level, they had other disciples, disciples of John, who had learned a different way of praying as well that they were also comparing themselves to. And ultimately, what is going on here again with the disciples is not just one of comparison, but also the second word, insecurity. Something about them that is comparing themselves to others and an insecurity that is started to develop inside of them. That means that it is stopping them from engaging in prayer. They didn't trust what they had or how they were doing it. They felt that how they prayed didn't match up to other people. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? So often our thoughts, they see the freedom in the prayer life that Jesus has, and so they ask this question, Rabbi, would you teach us to pray? And here's the truth. Listen, there's some amazing books that have been written about prayer. There's some amazing resources that are there to be able to help you and to support you. I've read many of them over the years. They're great. Jesus, what he doesn't do is go straight into what the disciples probably wanted, which was a list of all the, here's the seven-step strategy about how to pray better. Here's some of the things to include in the fabric or in the recipe for your prayer to make it a really good one. And here's some of the things to avoid. Jesus wasn't going straight for that. And what Jesus says is, when he looks at them into the, the very insecurities of their heart, Jesus looks at them and says, all right, when you pray, and I can almost imagine the disciples sitting up and probably getting their notebooks out and thinking, right, we're going to write this all down, all these lists, and the, the rabbi's going to teach us this. Jesus says, when you pray, pray like this. And the first word that he utters, again, you see on your screen is simply this, Abba. Abba, Father, not just his Father. This is an invitation of Jesus to the disciples, this Father that Jesus has spoken about so freely with him, where Jesus has said that he and the Father were one, and the, the disciples know that Jesus regularly goes to spend time on his own with the Father. Jesus isn't just saying, my Father. He's saying, listen, this is what it's about. It's our Father, Abba, Abba. Jesus reminds them that above all else, not what prayer is about, but who prayer is about. Not what prayer is about, but who prayer is about. Abba, Father. And if I was to just drill it all down, and three simple things, just to simply say it would be this. And again, these are on your screen, and by this I can pretty much nearly sit down. But this is the essence of what Jesus teaches us about prayer. This is not about religion. This is about relationship. This is not about a technique. This is simply about talking. This is not something that we do to impress. This is what we do to invest in relationship. Let me say that again with my prayer. This is not about religion. This is about relationship. This is not about technique. This is simply just talking to our Abba Father. This is not something we do to impress, but it's to invest in our relationship. Because here's the reality. Every good relationship needs investment. 
and the level of communication that is needed for a relationship to remain healthy and to survive and to grow and develop is crucial for us. We always talk about that even in pre-marriage course. Communication is the bedrock of every good and healthy relationship. It is so crucial for today is Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. And what so easily happens though on today like Valentine's Day is that many people will be going out of the way. Um, there's, there's lots of the guys in the room. Perhaps maybe they've got up early and made the breakfast. Let's see a few heads being sh- shaken here. Some flowers might be bought. There might be meals that will be made later on. Whatever it might be. Many people almost in a day like today, they almost think that they've got to do something almost out of because they have to. Because everyone else is doing it. It's almost like out of duty, they almost feel like they have to do something. But you see, the reality is for every good relationship that's going to survive, it's not about doing it out of duty and out of relationship in those, in those times when it seems right, but it's about the establishing and embedding in something that is ongoing and investing in a relationship that's healthy and growing and dynamic and constantly maturing. When it's just reduced to those things because you have to, it misses the mark of what a healthy relationship's about. Even in the times when you don't feel it, that's when it's what we've got to press into. So today, in, in the last 10 minutes, this is simply all I want to talk about. If, if this is what prayer is about, then today I want to speak into our relationship with Abba. I want to speak into my relationship and your relationship with Father God. So if it's about relationship, this is what it teaches me. Firstly, out of a place of relationship. Our words, because it's all about relationship, our words can be simple and our words can be few. In fact, sometimes it's not even about the words at all. I, uh, I was speaking to, to Lenny during the week and we were just on a call just about something to do with some of the just different things to do with uh, work life and church. And, uh, and I was saying that to him, you know, it just, there's probably just a part within me when it comes to even speaking on Sundays. Now, I just, there, there's a part of me, I, I love teaching. I, I used to teach in school, and I, I love teaching. I love doing an exegesis and a passage, taking it apart, all that. I love that. But there's a part of me just now where I've just got to a place where I'm just, I'm so longing just for the Spirit to speak. It's like, if I know that I'm coming where things are dry, man, I feel empty, I feel frustrated. And so like, just even for this week, my prayer was, Holy Spirit, would you speak? What do you want? God, I was praying, I was like, God, would you? I'm desperate for the prophetic in my life. I was praying, God, would you? Is there a prophetic word or an image to speak into this this week? Because I want you to speak. I want words of life. Would you speak? And the thing that I felt, this, it wasn't like a, a new word or an image that I felt him given to me, but I just kept getting just a picture that Jesus spoke <laughs> repeatedly. And it was this one in Matthew chapter 11. And it simply says this. He called a little child to him and placed the child among them. And he said, truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. As, as I was growing up, I was brought up in a very traditional church setting. Um, I loved my parents' debates and my parents loved God and we, we, we went to a church that was very traditional and there were some great people in the church but we, mum and dad would have brought us quite often to the prayer meetings and as we sat in the prayer meetings, often I would have listened to people pray at length and use really big words and shout really loud <laughs> 
in the prayer meeting. Some people would pray for like 15 and 20 minutes, sometimes even the whole prayer meeting. And listen, the last thing I'm doing is to question their heart or their motives. I'm not, because I believe that some of those prayers were just so real, were so powerful. But what happened to me as a young person growing up was that it started almost like where the disciples, within my heart, there started to come a nature of comparison and insecurity, where it almost made me feel like my prayers, because I could never do that. And the prayers that I had, I almost felt like they were just rubbish. And it made me almost stop. You see, this, these words that Jesus speaks, this prophetic image that Jesus speaks, the reality is in Jesus' culture, children were belittled, they were secondary, particularly if you were a, a girl, right? They were just almost, they were really, really secondary in culture. And what happened was that, so for, for, for this, Jesus, while people are asking about the kingdom of heaven and all these things, Jesus brings a child and sets it in front of them. He doesn't point to the religious leaders and start picking out other people and say, well, this is a great man and this is a great woman of God. He gets a child. People who can be, were so easily belittled and overlooked and sidestepped in the mindset of culture. And Jesus points to them. And this is simply what he says. Jesus is saying that there's something about the way of the child that if we don't catch it and if we don't get it, we miss the fullness of what the kingdom of God is actually about. If we don't almost embody and start to have the nature and the essence of the childlike faith that there's something about the kingdom of heaven and our desire for it that we miss completely. These are, these are my two children. This is Rose and Josiah. Um, this was us during first lockdown. It took me ages to find a picture of them where they weren't pulling silly faces <laughs> and different things. Rose and Josiah are, are my life. For, for Laura and I, we love them. We're so blessed with our children. And do you know what? Much like the question of many people in life groups this week, part of my prayer constantly is, God, I just want to lead them well. God, I want, I want to help them grow closer to you. I want them to know you. Do you know what? What I'm learning, though, each day is that sometimes in my desire to help them, I can so easily make them feel that their way of doing things just isn't good enough. And I don't think that's because of some of the words that I've said to them, but I think because of maybe just even out of routine. I, I recognize this about myself, even things like praying around the meal table. Like, I don't know about you, but so often what happens is we just pray prayers of, Father, thank you for this food. Bless it to our bodies in Jesus' name. And, and yet what I see sometimes when I ask the kids, do you want to pray? Sometimes like, I would see them where they would start to pray. And then in their heads, they start to say, oh, no, 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 that's not the way I should be doing it. And I'm just realizing I don't want them to feel that actually there's something about how they pray that isn't right. And what I'm learning more than ever, actually, parents, this is one of the things for us. There's more that we, there's just as much that we can learn from them than there is for us to teach them about prayer. There's just as much for us to learn from them than there is for us to teach them about prayer. I, many of you, some of you might know this, but I, I began uh, some new treatment for the MS this year in January, and it's, with it, there's just been some rubbish side effects that you get some of them quite funny side effects. Um, but there's been some rubbish side effects. One of them is just really severe stomach pains you get the odd time. And a few weeks ago, I was out with Josiah in a local supermarket, and I started to get this really, 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 like, it was excruciating pain. 
and uh, and I was like I was doubled over just with the agony of of just this pain. I was at the till, doubled over. I think people were really questioning what's going on with us. And uh, just in this moment, Josiah came and he just he stood beside me and he just asked this question. He said, "Daddy, do you want me to pray for you?" And I was like, yeah. I just knew in that moment, it was just like, that's all I wanted. And he just, he, he, placed his, he placed his hand on my back, like I was doubled over. And he placed his hand on my back and he just said, he said, dear God, please heal daddy's tummy in Jesus' name, amen. Like, and like, I'm, I'm not gonna over-dramatize it. It's not as if suddenly it was just like, in that moment, everything was healed and I was skipping around the supermarket, but stuff started to shift. <laughs> and I was able to stand upright. I was able to pay for our food. And from that point, it just started to ease. And I just realized that actually there's something about the simplicity of our words that just turns the heart of God. We are his children. And he just desires us to speak to him. This isn't about the words or the way that we phrase them that somehow just twist God's arm Again, we see his heart when it comes to prayer. And listen, this would, be my, this would be my advice to you and our advice that it should be to the, our kids. Keep it simple and be yourself. Keep it simple and be yourself. And encourage children to be themselves and allow them just to enjoy speaking to God. The last two points are just much quicker. And when it comes to this out of a place of relationship, while firstly we said that it means our words can be simple and few. Secondly, I would say this, our communication involves listening just as much as talking. As we grow more and more increasingly comfortable with someone, the easier it is for us just simply to be ourselves. Do any of you remember the, day, the days and the times before we had mobile phones? Do you remember those days? And, um, and I remember when I was in school, now listen, let me not paint the wrong side of picture here. I wasn't really, but when it came to like learning college times, and I remember like girlfriends and all that sort of stuff were starting to be on the cards. And you had, you couldn't ring their mobile phone, you had to phone their house phone. And it was probably one of those phones that you had a big dial that it took ages for the numbers to go. And the worst thing that happened was that you knew that probably what was going to happen was going to be the mum or the dad would answer the phone. And she'd have the awkwardness. I think it was probably before my, my voice had even broken. She'd be like, hello. You know, it was real awkwardness around even speaking. But for me, one of the things that I used to freak out with, and even reflecting on it this week, I used to hate those times when I was on the phone because you couldn't see someone when you're on the phone. And it came those periods of silence. They drove me nuts. I used to freak out and think, well, they're going to think that I'm weird or they're going to... And so what I used to do, right, this is the worst relationship advice to have, but what I used to do before I went on the phone, I would get like an F4 page and I would fill it with conversation starters. Uh, and what would happen was, so like when the period of silence hit, suddenly I wasn't panicking, I was going straight to point number one that was on my sheet. And when the next awkward silence hit, I was straight on to point number two. And do you know what, as, as the years have gone on and... And, and you'll know this when you're in a relationship with someone when you love them and you grow comfortable to be with them. You're, you're not awkward to be silent. It doesn't need words. And this is the reality for us when it comes to prayer. Don't fear silence in prayer. Don't feel like you have to fill everything with words. Your Father knows your heart. 
be still and know him. And do you know what? Just pray what's on your heart. If that's simply just words of, Father, I need your help, pray that. But enjoy those moments of stillness. Get more comfortable with him. Get more comfortable with him. Remember, this isn't about what to do in prayer, but it's about who it's about. It's about him. Grow increasingly more and more comfortable with him and getting to know him. And finally, just really simply this. When it comes to relationship, we make vows in in our wedding vows. It says this, forsaking all others, I put you first. This is all about one focus this one. So when it comes to the questions of people saying they struggle with praying in front of others, the reality is it's not about you having to pray with others. Where this begins, the first and foremost beginning point of this is when it's just you and him, when it's just you and your father. And as you can begin to grow more and more comfortable in your communion of talking with him, listen, when it comes to other people, it's not about you having to impress or make your prayers sound like them, but it's about adding your prayers to God with someone else's prayers to God and you being able to talk and to commune with God out of a place of openness and complete honesty about who you are. This is why we would say this, the best people are praying are those who know how to do it behind a closed door. Best people are praying are those that know how to do it behind a closed door. And this is where I need to speak to myself. I need to remind myself this time and time again. If, if the only time I pray is when I'm praying with people or for people, I miss the point of what it's about and who it's about. It's about me and my Father. And so to summarize it all, these are the beautiful words of Jesus. In Matthew chapter 6, as he leads in, and life groups would have heard this this week, But I love how the message version, Eugene Peterson writes it. And this is what he says in Matthew chapter 6. Let's follow this on your screens just as we close. And he says this. When you come before God, don't turn that into a theatrical production either. All these people making a regular show out of their prayers, hoping for 15 minutes of fame. Do you think that God sits in a box seat? Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense his grace. The world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They're full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques, forgetting what they want from God. Don't fall for that nonsense. This is your father you're dealing with. And he knows better than you what you need. With a God like this loving you, you can pray very simply. And so before we go on over these coming weeks to look at the depths of prayer, this is all we simply want to say. Never lose or forget the simplicity, not just of what it's about, but who it's about. This is about you and Abba. This is about you and your Father. And so as we finish, here's some truth that I just want to speak to you this morning. The Father delights when you talk to him. The Father isn't disappointed by you and isn't put off by the words that you use. The Father desires to hear what you have to say to him. The Father desires for you to sit even in those moments when you're saying nothing. He is our Father, and he's to be enjoyed. And we've an enemy that wants you to doubt that, 
to stop you and to take you away from it. And this is why Jesus would say, this is the prophetic picture for us. And we can, when we can become like a little child, unless we can become like a little child, we miss it all. So what I would love us to do this morning, just as we finish, we'd love us just to pray to our Father and just invite him, just even into this day and for the rest of this week. Let's, let's just pray to him. Father, thank you for your love. Father, thank you that you are good. Father, thank you that your desire is for us. And this week, we just pray, Father, that we would grow closer to you. We love you. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Holy Spirit. God, I pray that this week we just enjoy those moments just of being with you. And teach us your ways. Lead us in the beauty of praying and talking to you this week. Help us to keep it simple. Help us to keep our focus on you. And God, I just pray that life will come for us all through it this week, I pray. Help us to experience your kingdom in this, God. In your name we pray. Amen. God bless you this week and everything that you're doing. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk